honor it is to bring in a cat who's been swinging on the bandstand for the last half century in a myriad of different forms. Um, he's been through a lot of adversity in his life and his career, but he has always tried to stay on the righteous path, doing it through music, communal music, being able to heal people. And I really believe that in this time that we're in, one of the only things that can save civilization is rhythm. So my guest responsibilities have gone even higher. Artemis Pyle, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Hey, Jake, how are you? It's such a great, it's so great to talk to you, man. You know, I I wanted to ask you, this doesn't get a lot of um, publicity, but I just wanted you to talk to the audience about uh, the first, if you ever saw Elvin Jones play live before. Uh, unfortunately, I I did not see Elvin play. I love Elvin Jones because, uh, you know, I am a jazz guy. I know you um, are. I'm known as the Southern rock drummer, but I'm a jazz guy. And I, I, I like uh, Weather Report and uh, Herbie Hancock. But no, I love Elvin and uh, I love his style. And sometimes when I'm just practicing by myself, I'll go into a little Elvin Jones mode. <laughs> Well, no, this, so what I want, I want to talk about this idea of Thickwood Lick in 67. Were you guys, did you do um, any kind of uh, touring circuit? I mean, the, you know, you had, you had butch trucks in the psychedelic dungeons of North Florida. Petty was burgeoning, but 67. I mean, I got to believe Artemis was, I mean, you were fully ensconced in Max Roach, whether or not you were playing jazz. Can you just talk about some of the tours that this band, Thickwood Lick, did? Okay, that's really easy. None. <laughs> Zero. No, I mean, but, but that is the greatest name of a band. I've got, where did, so why does it even get any publicity? It was just the first kind of professional gig. Was it even a professional gig? Okay, so first of all, can I ask you, where are you? I live in, I, I'm from Long Island, but I, I live in Tucson. You're in Tucson now? Yes, sir. Oh, it's beautiful out there. And 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 plus, we're playing Long Island uh, coming up. We have some shows on Long Island um, at the uh, Patchog, Patchog Theater. I saw that. I um, saw that coming up. I, I got my folks to go. And I, I love uh, Long Island. I love going out there. Um, so, yeah, I've been to Tucson many times. Um, so here's the deal with Thickwood Lick. That was just a little band when I got out of the Marines. Um, I went to Martha's Vineyard and lived on Martha's Vineyard for a summer and, and had my band. And then I moved down to Spartanburg, South Carolina, and uh, we lived in an old flower shop, my wife and son and I. Oh my! And that was Spartanburg, South Carolina. We called it Sparkle City. And so some of the guys that I jammed with that were, you know, Marshall Tucker was from there. And uh, there was a lot of Southern rock you know, um, bands that people, you know, playing, playing the, like, like Marshall Tucker, of course, they were kind of a country, uh, rock jazz band. I loved them. Uh, Paul Riddle, a very good friend of mine. I talked to Paul recently. Oh great, man. Oh man. Un unbelievable drummer. And, uh, so all, there was a lot of, uh, um, cats in the area that were playing, uh, music and so I got together with a few of them and we tried our hand at you know writing some songs and you know and everything we had a few covers that we were playing uh, but we 
had to come up with a name one day. I remember. Oh my god! And it was. And, and, uh, I I think I honestly I think it was me. Um, you name you, know, you name the band, yeah, totally. Talking about licks, you know, like drum licks, sure. And and drumsticks are made of wood, and so thick wood lick, um, you know. And and I and, and the guy said, "Oh, okay, that's cool." Uh, but the but we never. I don't even think we ever had a gig. I mean, we just rehearsed in some guy's basement, and uh, uh, one guy named Taylor. Uh, and and I run into him. You know, he comes out to shows sometimes, and says, "Hey, man, remember me?" And I said, "You know, like of course." <laughs> You know all, all my bands, but the band that I went to um, to Martha's Vineyard with, we were called Next Voice, Whoa. and Next Voice uh, was Whoa. one of the best bands I've ever been in. Um, you know, and, and we and we did Jimi Hendrix covers and and Jethro Tull and weird stuff, and I was the only white guy in the band. Wow! Um, you know, wow. It was all, there's a bunch of brothers and American wow. players. And uh, Bobby Miles, Tim Ingalls, we called him Tingles, um, <laughs> and um, and uh, John Bursler, he was a redhead. He he was a white guy, but we we were an amazing band. My brother-in-law, who was an African American gentleman named James Solomon Lewis, he played uh, soprano, saxophone, keyboards, and percussion, and uh, he was an amazing guy. And he he lived actually in Tucson. Uh, uh, James Solomon Lewis, he's passed away now. Uh, but we had a hell of a band and we called it Next Voice and we took it up to Martha's Vineyard and lived there for three, four months and then went into New York City at 729 East Broadway uh, on the ninth floor, Dick Charles Studios and recorded 21 songs. Uh, all original stuff, and I've still got a few of those songs. Whoa, wait, wait! But there was never this never got pressed on vinyl or anything. No, no, um, it it's it it never. I have CDs of it because I had a friend of mine up in Winston Salem uh, put it to CD. But uh, it was some of the best stuff I've ever played on it, and it was absolutely the first time I was ever in the studio. Um, and my son, my oldest son, you know, I have three sons. My oldest son, Chris, heard it and he goes, wow, dad, you're playing like Billy Cobham, you know. Oh, and my dude, I need to, this is Artemis. I, you know, the reason I'm going after this sort of this earlier time is because I'm fascinated. I really want you to talk about the idea. Of, I mean, it's like, you know, Charlie Daniels uh, volunteer jam. You wound up playing congas on it. This is before Skinner. But in that oh, early, yeah. in that early 70s period, were you doing jingles or suds and duds commercial? I'm just trying to figure out if you were uh, a, a, a recognized name in the if there was a studio scene down in, in Spartanburg at all. Or was oh, it just absolutely you were not Jay? Jay, nobody knew, knew who, uh, I mean, I had no name whatsoever. I know, this is crazy. So how did, I mean, you had, I'm like, so explain the um, cosmic uh, uh, way of, of how you connected with this legendary group. Well, you know, when I got back from Martha's Vineyard, um, you know, the next voice kind of had to break up because I went to South Carolina and all the guys went back to Ohio. You know, my dad was a, a builder, an architect, and we followed the building boom north. 
um, in the uh, in the sixties um, and and fifties and sixties, and we got as far as Columbus, Ohio, and so um, all all my band. I was going to Ohio State University, and uh, I had gone to Tennessee University uh, in Cookville, Tennessee. But I'm an idiot, you know. I, I don't make good grades. I can't study. I, I have, you know, ADHD. No, you're, know, you're a street scholar. Come on, give me a break. You're not in the academy, dude. Well, you know? I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not, uh, let's say, a, a good uh, st- academic student. And but I tried it again at Ohio State. We put the band together. Next voice. We ended up going to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, my wife and son moved back to South Carolina at the end of the summer in 73, you know, I moved back to South Carolina and the guys, my band went back to Ohio and uh, I was sad because we were such a great band. And uh, uh, so the, you know, when I went back to Spartanburg, my wife had gone to high school with Doug Gray, Toy Caldwell and Tommy Caldwell. Wow. Uh, the bass player and the brother, uh, uh, toy, um, guitar player for, for Marshall Tucker. And of course, um, you know, Doug Gray, uh, the, the, uh, the lead singer. And so Patricia, my wife, uh, who was in the movie that we did, uh, the APB did this soundtrack, uh, for the movie we did about the plane crash that we released during pandemic. And, uh, we had a lot of participants on the soundtrack and it was beautiful soundtrack, but you release a movie and a soundtrack during pandemic, you know, we got passed over. And so I'm not going to complain because the whole world was, uh, was suffering. So, you know, but, but anyway, you you know, um, we, the band APB, um, you know, did record on that soundtrack, but um, being, you know, what happened was that Toy Caldwell and Tommy, uh, especially Tommy, who was a bass player, invited me over to jam at his house. And he had a real nice set of drums set up. And he was a monster bass player. Man, the guy was one of the best bass players. He was killed in a car wreck in Spartanburg. Oh, geez. A freak accident. And that was uh, Tommy Caldwell. And my real name is Tommy. My mother called me Tommy. My, I'm, I'm Thomas. But... Artemis is a nickname I got at Tennessee University hmm. uh, because of Greek mythology. But anyway, wow. Wow. Toy, Toy was in the Marines when I was in the Marines in boot camp. And they kidded me because my last name's Pyle and they called me Gomer. And this was 1967. <laughs> All right, 67. They were calling me Gomer. And every day I had to go up before 400 men and yell, golly, shazam, surprise, surprise, surprise everything and then i heard about toy because he was a real big dude he was like six three and but his name was toy and that was his real name wow and uh and and so they kidded him being a huge marine called toy and then gomer pile so we heard about each other and then eventually met each other in spartanburg it's just a small world and so um Marshall Tucker invited me to come to a, a gig at Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta. And it was the Allman Brothers and Marshall Tucker and Wet Willie and Leonard Skinner. And I met the the whole Skinner band wow. that night. And uh it was like Bob 70, 73, and, 73 kind of range. 73. Yeah. 
and and Bob was having medical issues, man. He was he was having some severe medical problems. And so Ronnie had mentioned to the Marshall Tucker guys and Charlie Daniels, because I played congas, as you said, uh, on that first volunteer jam. And so, you know, uh, Charlie Daniels offered me a job. He had two drummers and the one drummer, Hoss Allen, he quit right in the middle of the tour. So they were looking to replace because they had two drummers. Right. With it was uh, Freddie, the the blonde hair guy, Freddie, and then me. But but uh, Hoss Allen came to his senses and realized that he was in a band that was going places and had a good job. <laughs> Wait, was it two trap sets or or, or percussionist and, and drummer? No, two full sets for Charlie Daniels. That is insane. Charlie Daniels. That is in. So I want, but. With but Bob. Charlie, yeah, he brought in Hoss Allen and uh and and back, he brought Hoss Allen back, but he said that this is Charlie to me at, at a Mardi Gras in New Orleans, where I met Charlie for to audition. He said, Artemis, you're good. I'm good. I, I know a band that's looking for a drummer. And and he said, Leonard Skinner. And I, I said, Leonard Skinner. He said, Yeah. And I said, Do they I said, Do they work hard? He says, I believe they do. And I found out that they work harder than any band I've ever known. Wow. Uh, you, you know, uh, so so that's how the the Charlie Daniels Marshall Tucker connection and and me and I didn't nobody knew who I was. I didn't. I wasn't a session drummer. I had done that session up in New York City at, at Dick Charles Studios for my own band, playing on about ten other songs for. Um, for for a guy that owned two houses on Martha's Vineyard and we played all the clubs on Martha's Vineyard and uh you know uh James Taylor lived there Carly Simon lived there uh sure. you know a whole bunch of rock stars you know lived on this island um you know did you some, did I want I want to be when looking back on it even with the uh with toy uh you know sort of those jam sessions in south carolina i mean i i, I have to believe because there's just not a lot there's not a ton of great uh live recordings of skinnerd on the internet to hear did you did you incorporate like feathering the bass drum a lot i mean did they like the fact that the music felt like with artemis that you were sort of lifting everybody off the ground well, here's the thing. Bob Burns was a was brilliant in the studio under all because that was Al Cooper. Right. And Al got Bob a warm and fuzzy sound that all that stuff unpronounced and a second helping, you know, that the, the engineers and the producers got Bob a really nice sound. And, and Bob was under pressure from everybody in the band because Billy Powell and Leon and Gary Rossington and Ronnie, uh, but but more more Billy, Gary, Allen, and and uh, Leon, they had a, a habit of trying to tell the drummer what to play, mm. right? Not mm. so much Ronnie. Now uh, with with uh, Bob, they drove the poor guy crazy, saying, you know, now don't forget to put this here and and all their ideas. But when I came into the band. 
not being a session drummer, I, I made a deal with Ronnie. I said, look, I'll write my own parts to these songs. And um, if they suck, we'll change them. <laughs> but, but I said, you know, you you sing the vocals, uh, Billy, you play the keyboards, you know, and I'll accept ideas. I mean, I'm not closed door, closed minded. I'll accept all, all ideas, but I don't want for the band to stop us in the middle of a song because I didn't put one of their parts in the song. You know, five different guys going, put this in, put this in. So I made a deal with Ronnie and he's the, he was the head guy. You know, Ronnie was the leader of that band, the undisputed leader of the, of, of the band. It was his vision. So, you know, Ronnie, I, I said, Ronnie, I'll make you a deal. If my parts suck, we'll change them until they don't. Um, but, you know, I didn't get much feed, you know, much. There was a few things. Hey, Artemis, can you do this? And I'd, I'd say, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can put a cowbell right there. Uh, you know, be glad to. But if it sounds good, you know, and, and it did uh, some of the things. Recently, I recorded with my band, APB. Yeah. You know, Scott and Jerry and, and uh, Brad and, and Dave. And we went in the studio to record a song for the movie soundtrack, Street Survivor, about the plane crash. Um, and I told them, I said, look, you guys, we were in the studio 15 hours up in Winston-Salem. And I said, if anybody, including the, the road crew, we, we have the coolest road crew. Every one of them are, are musicians and play just as good as us. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you know, and, and it's like they're technically uh, savvy and everything is cool. So we went in the studio in Winston-Salem and I said, you guys tell me if you hear something that I can do, because if I'm able to execute it, let's let's make this. And then I, I channeled. Uh, John Bonham. And so I took all of the parts that they, that, that everybody said, Hey, try this, try that, try this, like six different parts. <laughs> and I executed them. And now it's one of the most fun songs I get to play with the band. Cause I love playing the Skinner stuff because there's no two songs the same. The drum parts are all a challenge, but this new song that we wrote on the soundtrack street survivor, I would put it up against any rock and roll southern rock song that's out there the wow. vocals are incredible the guitar harmonies are incredible the vocal harmonies are incredible my drum part is incredible because i took all these ideas and then you know channeled uh john bonham man and you know and got this big fat drum sound and uh i love it i love it when it comes to that part and the because we plays a skinner set but we incorporate songs that we like that we wrote which right now the the number is one, uh, it's it's going to go up. But so yeah, man, uh, the 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 whole thing of just coming out of nowhere and going into the studio with Al Cooper and nothing fancy, I wasn't satisfied with the the drum sound that they got me on nothing fancy. It was thin, except for Saturday Night Special, which was my first song with the band, which went into the Burt Reynolds movie. The longest yard. Oh my God! Right, Artemis. Ar Artemis. I mean, it is such an honor. I have to. I have to uh, to ask you about something that really blew my mind when I was prepping for this. And did you meet any of the cats from the 
from a diaspora yeshiva band in the States. And that's how you got hip to going there. The one quote that I remember you hearing you say after you survived the plane crash is that you went to Israel to become a better person. But I was like, did you meet any of the cats in that band stateside before you decided to go there? No, um, the the, the, per, the connection was when I was going to Ohio State University, um, I bought some weed from right. a guy. Yeah. And, right. And that guy <laughs> uh, lived off campus and his name was Ron Davis. And he was from Shaker Heights, Cleveland. Uh, he was from Cleveland, the Shaker Heights that yep. his father um um uh, was um a very uh I, I believe a surgeon but anyway ron davis i was in a band while i was going to ohio state called jj and ollie and um there was a young woman that sang and her name was jane everett and i introduced Ron Davis to Jane Everett, they got married, moved to Israel, and had 14 children. Dude, that's who it was. Okay. <laughs> I'm on some like hippie commune out there or something. Uh no, it was a it was a uh you do you know what uh a yeshuv uh when when you go um the uh the places where they they farm, you know, all right. of the uh, kibbutz, kibbutz, yes, kibbutz, right, right. They, they, they lived on a kibbutz and uh, worked the fields, and uh, and Jane had her first child, uh, shearing sheep. She was shearing sheep, and uh, and Yeshua uh, Ron was in the field, <laughs> and he came in, and uh, she had the baby. And uh, they they took care of the baby and got everything taken care of. And she went right back to work sharing sheep. Oh, my gosh. She's a chemistry major from Ohio State University. And I introduced them to her, to each other. And uh, they fell in love. She's amazing. Um, and, and her name, now they've been going by for all these years, Yoshua, which is his name, Yoshua and Yael Ben Yehuda. And uh, exactly, uh, all of their children are all of their children are, are like God children to me, and uh, they're fighting in the Israeli. Three of them are fighting in the Israeli army right now, um, which you know, which is unfortunate for everybody. I, I'm afraid for the Palestinian women and children. I'm afraid for the Israelis. I'm afraid for the Jewish people. I'm afraid for the Muslims. Uh, you know, it's just a horrible, I I'd like to go there right now. I'd like to get on a plane and go there right now. Um, because you know, what I worked on over there was trying to bring world peace through music. I know, dude, I can feel, I can feel it. I think it was one of the, did you even consider, so you reached out to them and they said, why don't you come down? Is that what happened? Basically? I'm just curious about like, I cannot imagine setting aside the insanity of the crash itself i just i can't imagine going from the heights of success in the music racket to then questioning everything about life i mean 
did did you feel like th that was uh, that saved your life in some way? Just being able to go there and sort of continue to to try to bring world peace through music. Well, music saved my life. Being the drummer of Leonard Skinner, being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that all saved my life. Music saves my life. But Jay, what I have to say is, I I, I have a very few minutes, and I've got all these uh, zooms. I know. Listen, I was going to say maybe so I can. Let, let me let me let me just let me just Go say on. this, please. Yeah. yeah. Um, what you've got my telephone number, right? I don't have your number, no. Okay, take my number. All right. And we we I can I can talk privately with you. Uh, sometime you can uh, text me. That'd be great. Yeah, don't do emails. I don't have a computer. I've never downloaded anything. And uh, you, we can continue this conversation. Uh, it's interesting. Just you know, please know that we've got this great new album called Anthems. We're very proud. It's been hard getting it done, but we're on there with Dolly Parton. We're continuing the music. We're writing new music. We're certainly not letting grass grow under us. And uh, you know, uh, we always keep our eyes uh, to the next project. So um, thank you. Yo, Artemis, your... much love. Yo, man, much love to you, man. Go do your thing. We'll be in touch, man. It was an honor to talk to you. All right. I love Tucson, Tucson Arizona. I love it. <laughs> we need to get you. To, we need to get the band down here, you know? Get, get, it, get us out there. Get us a gig. We love doing stuff. Uh, we we have, have bus, will travel. All right, Jay. We'll see All you, right, buddy. Be cool, man. Talk to you soon. Call me. Bye later. Bye.